It's our 15th episode. It's our 15th episode? 15th This is number 1-5? Number 1-5. One five. One five. What's up, guys? I am Justin. And I'm Jordan. And welcome to another video game podcast. A podcast where different gamers talk about different games. And this week, joining us, welcome back to the show, Caleb, a.k.a. Green Phantom 69 How you been, man? I've been hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been alive. I mean, that's all you can ask for after these past like year and a half. The fact that you're alive, happy, healthy. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the end of the, the end of COVID is here, and everyone, everything's kind of getting back to the busy life. And I think everyone's kind of getting struggling with it. Dude, I went. I went to a water park today. I went oh, to a water park. Got all the germs. Yeah. No, well, no, because chlorine. Had oh. None of the germs. None of them. All you got all the germs, and then we'll wash it off with chemicals. Yeah, I know. I mean, let me tell you, I still reek of chlorine. Yeah, reek hot, hot, and my legs are on fire. So I'm apologizing now to anyone who's listening. Like, if I'm a little out of it, it just feels like I am standing less than a foot away from a like a giant bonfire right now with Can no I pants call you on. fire crotch from the today <laughs> are you wearing fire pants crotch. i am wearing i'm wearing shorts i'm wearing shorts right now i'm surprised they're wearing anything i'm not i know i didn't even go swimming Ooh, that's hot <laughs> <laughs> i've never worn pants when i'm sitting at my office Ooh, see you tomorrow big guy mm. <laughs> that's uh funny. so uh caleb what have you been up to man well, um, lately I've been streaming just really Call of Duty for right now. It's kind of making things simple. Um, but I, right now, I know how I said last time, uh, you know, don't follow me on YouTube. You know, I'm never going to see anything that you post on there. I've changed my mind. So basically the way I'm going to start growing my Twitch and uh, actually I'm not even going to do uh, Twitch anymore. I'm actually going to say follow my Facebook, but the way I'm going to grow my Facebook is through YouTube. So I'm now starting a YouTube channel. I'm about to make an intro in next week. Um, I'm going to hire somebody to make an intro for me. And so with all, all the streams you guys miss, I'm going to put highlights and mesh them all together. And what about, uh, what about TikTok, there. man? You should, you should make a TikTok and do like, do like, yeah. do I'm like the best, like, best 60 seconds. I don't even like Kesha. Uh, I am thinking about TikTok. TikTok on the clock. All right, someone got it. <laughs> I was like, no one laughed. This is a bad idea. Retreat. No, I, I didn't laugh because it wasn't funny. Oh, no, you, I see. You didn't laugh because it was too funny. It was just like yeah, I, I that's missed why. the joke over my head. No, it was just too funny, and so like you didn't, your body didn't know what to do. That's all you could, You're like, that's super funny, and my legs hurt, and that's what you think. And my crotch is on fire. Um, who wants to tell the listeners what, what game we're doing today? Dragon Age. So, I, I've never played this game. This is one, I've noticed that for me, when I look at a fantasy game, I'm like, 
this is exactly like The Witcher or like Game of Thrones or like I I'm wondering where before we even talk about Dragon Age I want to know where the variation is for like fantasy fans because I'm not the biggest fantasy fan like I watched two episodes sorry two seasons of Game of Thrones and that was it um I've I've picked up like I played RuneScape a little bit um, you could kind of fit that in there, I guess. But, like, I'm not the biggest fantasy fan, so I want to know, like, why does it feel like all these games are the same, but people just keep loving them? Well, let me ask you this, Jordan. Are Battlefield and Call of Duty the same thing? Yes or no? I mean, they're both first-person shooters. But, but are they the same thing? They're both... It depends on how specific you want to get. You could say yes or you could say no. You just answered the question. So basically, like, the way that you're looking at all the fantasy games is the way that I would look at shooters. Like, Rainbow Six Siege is not Call of Duty, but on looking, it looks the same. But they're played completely different. There's a different story. Some of them prioritize story over others. Um, but And that's the same thing with fantasy. You know, you got your Skyrim, which is open world um you know first person or third person combat it's just button matching combat there's no level of uh complexity to this and then there's something like dragon age dragon age is you click an enemy and it automatically attacks but you have to strategize you have a ranged character that is built for area of effect damage and you have your tanky characters and stuff like that you have a party is Um, this is this a turn-based game or no no, it is, uh, it is, uh, it's a, uh, real-time, I would call it a real-time strategy, not real-time strategy, it would be like, uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an RPG, it's an RPG of RPGs, um, like, Skyrim is technically an RPG, but I would classify it more as an action-adventure game, whereas, the RPG is all about like building characters and having actual builds that play a specific role. So that's why I was so confused when I watched this video. Oh my god! So I, I like I could really be anyone, and I can build multiple different characters. I was like watching this video, and I'm like, wait, so who am I? Like, do I have a story? Like, I'm so, so confused. You do have your main character that is you, who you control in dialogue, and then you have a party, party of people that all have different personalities and stuff like that. Like Mass Effect, it's made by Bioware, the same people that made Mass Effect. Um, and so you have people in your group who you can choose to go on you with to on missions with you, um, and they all have their own personality, their own things to say about different situations, their own approval ratings. But you can customize them, and you can actually even play as them. So, like, let's say we're you know you're fighting, your main character dies, you just take the, over the control of someone else in your party, and you can oh. switch between them. Okay, um, Caleb, how much have you played? Uh, these games uh i've played the first one i've beaten it maybe at least 20 times i beat the first one a lot uh the second one i've never even beaten i played the demo and i didn't like it we'll get into that later um inquisition uh i've probably beaten maybe four or five times um so i mean i've definitely played the game a lot um so like with RPGs in general, like this is kind of like the cream of the crop for me with uh, especially Origins. 
uh, prior to Origins, I the first RPG, like true RPG that I played was uh, KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, which is also made by Bioware. Um, and it plays exactly like uh, uh, Dragon Age. Well, I guess I should say Dragon Age plays exactly like KOTOR since it came out before then. But um, okay. but yeah, they, they're very similar where you can actually have it to where in Origins, the combat where you can have it pause automatically and then you can like dish out like, hey, I want you to use this ability, this ability, and this ability for each member. Or you can just have it to where if you really want to play it really hardcore where it doesn't pause and you have to be really fast and just immediately do everything. Um, but That's um, kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool how you can have it all set up. But... Um, but with uh, that was mainly with Origins. Origins was like true RPG. Like you pause during combat, you dictate the strategy of what you want to do, and then you let it all play out. With um, what I would say with Dragon Age Two, uh, it was more of like button mashing, <laughs> and then with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, they kind of combined the two where. You can you can do it where you strategize, or you can just go in there and button mash. And but the combat is a lot better in Inquisition than it was in Dragon Age Two when it came to the whole button mashing thing. So it's really just your preference on those. Okay, Justin, it, you looked like you were gonna say something. Yeah. So like, it, it really depends on how what level of difficulty you're playing at. Because I can play Dragon Age 1, which is my favorite one. Of, uh, for, oh, and I never even said this. Dragon Age is my favorite game, period. Dragon Age Origins is my favorite video game. And uh, I, 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 you can play it either way. So if you're, if you're playing on casual difficulty or just like story-based difficulty where you're mainly interested in the story and the characters, um, there's not really a challenge. And so you can kind of just run into combat and you can attack things. And like I said, it's a point and click type of thing. So you click on your enemy and you immediately start attacking it and it auto attacks. That being said, you do have a bar at the bottom that has all of your abilities, much like a game like Diablo or Warcraft or anything along those lines. And you can activate those different abilities. Some of them are passive that just give you boosts. Some of them give you team boosts. Some of them are actual attacks that do different things. Um, and, uh, so with that, um, you have, if you're getting in higher difficulties, you have to strategize. And I would say that like, I, I've played the game more times than I can count. I do play on the hardest difficulties at this point. And it's only if I'm facing harder enemies that I have to pause and kind of articulate where people go because, you, this is like in-depth RPG stuff right here. One of my favorite things about the game is that you can uh, you can change every single party member, including your own's tactics. So you can say that this person who has a sword and a shield who can take a lot of damage, I'm going to set it so instead of him rushing into battle, I'm going to have him come and attack the person who's attacking me whenever I'm below 50% health or something like that. I'm going to have him specifically mm. taunt enemies when this character gets below health or when the okay. enemy uses a buff, I'm going to have this character use this attack on them. Like you can articulate to that level of like cause and effect of what you want your party to do every time. And if you really utilize that, you don't have to pause as much. 
um, because you know what your party is going to do in certain situations. Um, and it can be a hard game or a super pleasant walk in the park story. And I started with the latter and, and slowly increased the difficulty. What is the gameplay like? Like either of you guys put it in terms of games that like I've played or, you know, Justin, that might be a little bit easier for you to answer because you know a lot more of the games that I've played. Like, is this, is this an overhead game? Is it first person? Is it third person? Um, what, what is the gameplay like? It's a third person game that you have the ability to zoom out on. So you can zoom out to get a bird's eye view of the battlefield and get more perspective. That's like your tactical view is what I'd call it. So again, for me, it depends on the difficulty. If, if I'm playing where I can easily go through things, I'll just focus on my character and just watch things happen um, and enjoy people doing their thing. Whereas if I'm having to pause and I need to know where enemy B is because I can't see him when I'm in this certain view. I will go to bird's eye view and get this uh, large view of the battlefield. Is this so? I mean, obviously, there's a story because we watched a video on the story, but is this also a multiplayer game or is this just always against the computer? Um, so and it in Dragon Age 1 and 2, no, no multiplayer at all. Dragon Age Inquisition had multiplayer, similar to Mass Effect 3's multiplayer, where you're basically just fighting a horde of enemies, and then, you know, at the end of the game, oh, you get some rewards, you know, with your friends. It's just co-op, you know, it, it, and you're just going against the computer. That's basically it for the okay. multiplayer. Like it's, it's co-op. Yeah, okay. it's not, like, in-depth, like, World of Warcraft, where, like, oh, you're doing a raid, and you're going up against other people, and no, it's nothing like that at all. Yeah, there's no... There is no, uh, it's not a focus at all. Like, I never touched the multiplayer. I never felt I had to. It's a story game first and foremost. Um, before it's even a strategy game, it is a, it is a fantasy story. Um, you yeah. mentioned that there were classes earlier. What, what, like, what are the class options and what are just some of their abilities? So when you start out the game, you get a choice of you either get to be human in, in the first one. Well, actually in all of them, except for the second one. So uh, you get a choice between... All of them, what, except for one of them, meaning two of them. Yeah, two of them. <laughs> Just you to only get two everyone. In the two games, uh, Inquisition and Origins, you get a choice at the very beginning of the game what you want to do. You can be... what You choose your race. You choose human, dwarf, or elf between those three. And then you choose an the human race you choose between mage uh then rogue and what was the other one? Oh, warrior yeah it's fighter and then um with a dwarf you get a choice between uh fighter warrior and then um the ranger or like rogue no it's a mage it's, uh, it's, it's rogue warrior and mage uh, and I don't think you can be a mage in, as a dwarf. Oh, sorry, not dwarf. I thought one. you said elf. No, an elf, you do get a choice between the three again. Uh, except if you choose human uh, mage, you get put in the circle of magi. If you choose elf mage, you're still a part of your elf like caravan. No, you can only be a circle of magi unless you have mods. Oh, you can only be circle of magi. 
Yeah, if you're a mage at all, you have to start in the circle. No, you can't. You be kicking me, Um, actually, you can only do mage in the circle of magi. Roll your d20, roll for damage. It sounds like I'm talking to a bunch of fucking dweebs right now. Okay, okay. You are. Okay, anyway, so, um. Keep in mind, Jordan, I can make you say whatever I want. Oh what? yeah, I could just take out sound bites of you saying something. I can make oh, you say that. Oh, that's so rude because yeah. you edit that in mind. <laughs> I really gotta stop being a lazy piece of shit and actually help with this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, look for watch. I'm gonna post a really dumb picture of uh, of Jordan's face right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you choose your. I have class. tomorrow off. I'll edit that. I don't care. <laughs> I'll put your face in there. I'll go way above and beyond, like I, more than I ever have before. Oh my god. Fucking do uh, it. Do it right now. <laughs> Just do it. Um, are there drawbacks? Like, so if I am, like, if I'm a human mage compared to an elf mage, like, like, do the elves have, like, more magic ability and, like, the humans are better, like, rogues and the dwarves are better fighters or something like that? No, there's no. there's no trade-off. It's not like D&D where you have certain races like having race different... Traits. Yeah, race traits and stuff like that. Didn't it doesn't go Skyrim, that in-depth. Didn't Skyrim have race traits? Yeah, they yeah. had race traits, but... Yeah, with this game, it, it's mainly just choosing your backstory, where you start out at. Later game, in, in Dragon Age Inquisition, um, you there are perks for each thing. Like, dwarves do have a bonus to, uh, to having heavy armor and attack. And mm. if you're a human, which is like the most well-rounded, I guess, kind of jack-of-all-trades, master of none, if you're a human in that one, you get like an extra perk point once you level up for the first time. Stuff like that. Um, okay. Yeah, so there there are later, um, but one of the main things I think is cool to talk, because you, you heard us talk about the, uh, wait, what were, Caleb, do you think we should get into the story yet or no? No, well, just there's do one, it. Jump there's right in. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about classes. So yeah. you also have, like, subclasses as well once you get later into the game. Oh, yeah, so, like, specializations. Yeah, specializations cool. what they call them. And so, like, if you're, like, a warrior and you also have a good amount of willpower and, uh, which is, like, basically your stamina is what that is, uh, you can then go into, like, Templar, which is what Alistair is. He started out as a Templar, and we'll get into Alistair later. Um, but he started out as a Templar before becoming a Grey Warden, and that was what his specialization is. And they're basically good against fighting magic users. So they're the magic police. Okay. So they're good at restricting magic and dispelling magical effects. Um, now I'm just more confused. Now I feel like I need to know about this story. Like what, what is this game actually about? Um, why is it called dragon age? And then we watch that video and there's just cutscenes of dragons and they don't even talk about dragons at all. I'm so confused. So there's a there's a couple of main plot points. the The first game is what we'll what we'll start with. So uh, in the, we're gonna go into some of the lore here. Now this beginning part that I'm gonna talk about is just lore. This is nothing that you actually gameplay as or anything like that, but it is important. Um, so basically, there is a separation between the the physical world and the spirit world. The spirit world is called the fade. 
the fade is where you people go when they dream. Um, but, uh, and, or I can't talk. Um, and if, uh, in, in the fade is also where magic comes from. Some people are born that are born as mages, uh, have a special connection where they can tear a hole in the, what's called the veil, which is the separation between the real world and the fade. So they have a connection where they can basically pull power from the fade and use it in the real world. The drawback to that is mages can become corrupted by demons because they are in the fade. They're in the spirit world. Um, now, the, the beginning of everything, of the, the, the big story, is that there are gods that live in the fade. Where, like, kind of the kings of magical stuff and all that kind of jazz. This group of mages wanted to actually go into the fade fully. And they wanted to get to the center of it, which is where those gods lived. But by reaching that point, they were corrupted and punished. For what reason? Why did they want to go in? Power. They just wanted power. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, and so they went in and they were punished and corrupted into what are called darkspawn, which are just monsters. They, they have black blood and they, uh, they, they, they like, they're like parasites. They, they can in, infest and corrupt things all around them. They are the main antagonists of the first game. Um, what they do is, uh, the, there is something that's called a blight. A blight is like a rising up of darkspawn. Darkspawn mainly live underground. And when they try to conquer the world, that's called a blight. They do this by corrupting, um, uh, gods, basically. It's really complex. I won't get really into that much as much, but you just understand the first game, your goal is to take down the the Darkspawn and their leader called the Archdemon, which is the dragon that you mainly saw in that video. Oh, okay. See, that was not made clear to me. So the right. main the main leader of these people is the dragon. Is the dragon. Okay. And the only thing that can kill an Archdemon, because if, you, if a normal Joshma warrior or mage kills the Archdemon... That archdemon's soul will just go into another dark spawn, and it becomes the archdemon. There's no way to actually kill it. Oh, the only way to do that is with is by someone called a gray warden. Gray wardens are people who are excellent fighters, uh, whether they be mage, warrior, rogue, whatever, who have been selected to drink dark spawn blood, to basically. And it's corrosive. It's corruptive. So most people don't survive straight up. Um, you do your joining with two other people. Those two other people don't make it. One of them for a slightly different reason, but whatever. Um, and uh, But you become a Grey Warden. Grey Wardens can do two powers, mainly. A, they can feel other Darkspawn around them. Because Darkspawn don't talk. They, they basically have like a hive mind. So you kind of share a little bit of a watered-down version oh, of that hive okay. mind with them. Okay. The other power is that you can kill the Archdemon for good. The only downside is that when you kill the Archdemon, if a Grey Warden kills the Archdemon, basically what happens is the two, your soul and its soul kill each other. 
and so you die as well. Mm. So being oh, a Grey Warden okay. is seen as a very high honor, but there are huge risks, and there is... It's like a... It's... It, I mean, it's like... It's like our soldiers, you know, um, the U.S. soldiers and stuff like that. They are required to do a lot um, and are put through hell, and in but they are seen as heroes. And they get discounts everywhere they go for the rest and the, of the yeah. Lives. So gray wardens get discounts at Seven Eleven <laughs> <laughs> on their slushies half off. Yes, yeah, sl- half off slushies every gray warden. Um. um. Justin, I just want to say, I really enjoy, like, the way you explain things. And then also, you have this, like, deep, silky smooth voice. Like, I just, I just, like, you you could replace my rain sounds when I go to bed at night. Just, like, you reading a story. <laughs> I listen to the podcast every time I go to sleep. I don't know why you don't. You listen to your own voice when you go to sleep. I listen to our voices. Our, our voices, okay. And sometimes Caleb, whenever he's on the show. Talk yeah. to you all nice and sexy and dirty like. Oh yeah, baby, daddy. <laughs> um, uh, getting off topic, but it made me think of Maurice from uh, Big Mouth. Oh, you're such a fucking little tease. God. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but there's that. <laughs> Caleb's dying. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, and all uh, kind Caleb, of you... I want to split you in half like a banana. Fuck. Uh... <laughs> Damn it. I love that show. Uh... <laughs> Dude, Big Mouth is the best. Um, okay, getting getting back on topic here. Well, so I'm still really confused. This game seems okay. like there's a like. How long has this game been around? Is this like a World of Warcraft situation where they've done an update like every year that adds more story? Because I feel like no. it's so in depth, and I'm still confused. Good. There's like so much. There's a religion in there, which honestly is really just Christianity with different genders. Um, like, no joke. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, the, uh, but there's religions and there's a whole lot of backstory and it is a great, great story. It is a phenomenal story. Like, I get as, it's like a very, very in-depth TV show, almost. Why it, is this your favorite game? I have it's the writing, really, honestly. There everyone's written like people. Everyone talks like people talk. Like obviously it's fantasy, and so there's more talk of magic and stuff like that, but like in Skyrim, when you walk up to someone, someone will just say like you can just walk by them. You don't even have to like to interact with them and they'll just be like They'll just be like, I'm going to join the Stormcloaks. And it's like, okay, I didn't oh, ask you. I didn't I didn't fuck. I didn't talk to you. Why are you looking at me? Um, but Dragon Age, it's like you have to talk to someone. And people talk to you like you like like people talk. My boy in the very first game, his name is Alistair. Um, and he is a Grey Warden before you are. He is the senior Grey Warden. He kind of shows you the ropes of what it means to be a Grey Warden. But throughout the game, every time I play at least, he becomes my best friend. And you can shoot the shit like your best friends. 
Like, I remember one time I asked him, I asked him a question. I was like, because uh, uh, he told me something about his past. And I was like, so I heard so-and-so raised you. And he goes, oh, did I say that? No, I was actually raised by a wild pack of dogs. And he and you can respond with something like, oh, that explains the smell. <laughs> and, like, and then you can even, if That's you're cunning, awesome. if your cunning is high enough, you can say, I bet your mom was a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and like... You that's just awesome. shoot the shit like that, and I'm like, that's exactly the kind of stuff. Like I talk with my friend. That's how I talk. You know, you can give each other shit, and, uh, and there's a general sense of like camaraderie uh, with awesome. you and your party members. Um, Caleb, what about you? I don't know if this is your favorite game, but like, why do you why do you like this game? Well, I would say it's probably in uh, top three. Of my games that I that are definitely the greatest of all time. Um, so the reason why I like it is kind of the same way uh, Justin likes it, is where the the writing is just super good. I mean, like the thing is, it's kind of like with Mass Effect in a sense where the lore is already so in depth before you even get into it. Like you're kind of joining into a story that's already happening. So, like, it's the same thing with Mass Effect. You're joining into a story that's already happened. And so, like, you already have all this backstory and lore going into it, and you're le- learning about it as you're going, and you're like, wow. Like, it feels like the world's already been lived in before you even yeah, show it's, up. it's already existing. It kind of exactly. pulls you in, so it doesn't feel like a game. I it feels love like the way you universe. said that, Caleb. I love the way you said, like, that you're, in, you're going into a story that already started. Because it's like Lord of the Rings. When I first watched Lord of the Rings, there's a bunch of lore in like books even before Lord of the Rings. And so if you don't know, you're kind of just put into it. And then you're just like, there's a ton of lore for you. Have fun. You don't need to know all of it. You just know what's happening in front of you. It's like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, the uh, what's another great thing about it to me is just like the combat is just familiar to me. Growing up, I was playing, uh, you know, KOTOR and not uh, Neverwinter Nights was another one in Baldur's Gate. So, like, when I went into Dragon Age Origins, it was just like, oh, I was... Because bef- prior to Origins, you know, I was playing, like, any RPG that was coming out at that time, which was, like, Fallout 3 and all that type of stuff. Because this came out, I think, in 2009. So, like, Fallout 3 was already released, and so I was just used to playing games like that, like action RPGs, and then coming back to this, it was like, oh, I feel right at home. It's like coming home to a a game that should have been coming out, like, five or four years prior to this, and so, like, it was just, just like, that's why I enjoy it, so. Caleb, guess what? What? Jordan hates Fallout. I can't stand it. I tried playing, um, not, I think it was Fallout 76. Well, that's why. That explains everything. Is that the most recent one? What was the one that came? That's the most recent, and it's the worst Fallout game ever. It was terrible. I I played about 45 minutes. It's online, but it's horrible. Okay. Were you playing the online one? I don't remember, man. All I remember is that I came out of a vault and that was pretty cool, but then the game got really dumb. And I just re- I was so bored and never understood what my goal was. Like that's the only thing that happened was it came out of a vault. I I mean, I only played it for like 3 hours. I like I was, was mad there that a I spent baby money at any point. I don't remember. 
I don't remember. Are I don't talking... think you played Fallout 4. What? You, you played Fallout 76. So that's good. What? I it, I know it came out while I was in college. Ooh, it might have been 4. Uh, yeah, it, it came out when I was in college. So it would have it would have came out like it would have came out like 2 to 6 years ago, 2 to 7 years ago. I was a I was I took an extra semester. You guys listening, let us know if you want how quickly you want us to do a Fallout episode. It's gonna happen eventually, um, but let's let's uh, <sighs> let us know Fuck when we should me, do it, bro. Oh my god! Oh, we gotta do one eventually. A Fallout mini is so good. No full episode. A, f- a ten minute there. episode. It's Fallout dog episode. Shit. Caleb will be there. <laughs> It's so good. (laughs) It's funny you hate Fallout 76. It's going to be even funnier when I tell you about like Fallout uh, 1, 2, and Tactics. And you're going to be like, that's nothing like this game. And you're because it's really not. (laughs) New (laughs) Vegas was the best one. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think I might have played 4. I think I might have played Fallout 4. I don't remember. That one's okay. I don't remember. It looks it so long ago. But back on track. Let's look at some of the questions that we have typed down. Um, so, well, uh, I should also really quick just kind of continue the story conversation. There's basically two halves to the main story elements. That first one was the blight. Um, and that's the main story of the first game. The second story, the second game is weird. The second game literally takes place during and after the first game. So the first half of the game takes place during Dragon Age 1. And then the second half of the game takes place afterwards. And it's bizarre because it basically has its foot in both main main story points this thus far. The first main story point was the Blight. The second main story point, which really picks up an Inquisition, is the battle between the Mages and the Templars. As I mentioned previously, if you are a Mage, uh, that means that you can get controlled by demons. Um, And Mage is also very dangerous. When you're young, you cannot control it. So, there are these towers built up uh, that house... Uh, these mages. As soon as you're found out to be a mage, Templars come and get you, and they throw you in the tower. The tower is the place where you are taught how to be a mage. Once you get to a certain level of being a mage, you can leave the tower for specific reasons. Like, you can be a healer, or you can be in someone's court. You can be... uh, you can be like did you ever see the witcher show yeah this makes me think of the witcher yeah remember i just i just watched the witcher tv show incredible tv show by the way loved every second of it um and you're talking about yennefer how yennefer basically got recruited to go to this fortress um and learn how to be a witch or whatever they call it in the witcher universe oh a witch yeah duh um and yeah, yeah, okay, that that makes sense. But that, again, that goes kind of back to my point. Like all of this shit feels like it's just copy and paste to me. I guess I I am an outsider well, looking in. It's but. very different from it's the same but different. Like it's a, de- a similar idea to where like 
you're taught how to be a mage and that you can go out for specific reasons, but it's not run by mages or anything like that. It's not run by this like council of mages. There are Justin, people... real quick, Justin, if you ever talk over our guest again, I swear to fucking God, he, he was anything. unmuted. He had his finger up. <laughs> he was right there. <laughs> My finger's up too, jackass. <laughs> Anyway, I was going to say, uh, you know, it's it's similar because a lot of us think of you got to realize that a lot of this, a lot of like fantasy games are based around Dungeons and Dragons. And if you look oh, at. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Oh, my at, God. Like, OK, it's all making sense now. Yeah. So if you look back at like the combat, if you ever watch the combat of Dragon Age Origins, you're like, holy shit, this is just. Dungeons and Dragons more simplified and that's exactly what it is. It literally has dice rolls and shit. You don't obviously don't see it, oh. but it's doing dice rolls and stuff uh, in the background okay. and that's how you get your damage, you know. And so it's like it, that's exactly what this game is like. It's like Dungeons and Dragons more simplified. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, you will love Dragon Age. Um, um justin i will i do want to throw out so on tiktok i've been scrolling through recently and i keep coming across tiktoks of like these people who go really into dungeons and dragons and they have they must have spent thousands of dollars on like their board because it it's like it might be i don't know um but they're funny and really and it kind of it kind of i mean you know i, I don't know i you might be able to pull me into D D. I don't know i think you'd be really good at it um critical role is very cool um it's like the top tier like this is god tier of what D can be that's like a bunch of voice actors that all have great chemistry run by matt mercer who is a phenomenal voice actor um for example he played mccree in overwatch i mean that's just one of the few roles he's had but he's uh he's also a D nerd um but yeah, so like it's a very very similar like even the classes that you have, uh, like the the specializations are very very close to Dungeons and Dragons. And even in, like in Dungeons and Dragons, you have a character sheet. Every time you level up, you can increase specific stats. Um, you can also choose a new perk, and you can choose new talents. So like another perk could be like I'm gonna get a little bit better at alchemy, and I'm also gonna get this ability that allows me to do X Y Z. This is a question that I have for both D&D &D and for uh, this game, um, Dragon Age. Do, like, does does my abilities that I earned in the first game carry over to the second game? Also in D&D, &D, like, if I start one, what do they call it in D&D? &D? One quest? Like, can I take my character that I've leveled up into a different quest in, like, D&D? &D? A different party or whatever it's called? I'll let Caleb answer the Dragon Age one, and I'll answer the D&D one. So, in Dragon Age, no. Because you're... When Dragon Age Origins, you're playing as a Grey Warden. Dragon Age 2, you're playing as a completely different character named Hawk. And then Dragon Age Inquisition, you're playing a different character again. And you're an Inquisitor, and you are a leader of the Inquis Inquisition. So, no. You're, none of that carries over. Your choices however do okay okay you so like story choices do but like your stats don't so it's really really cool there's a website called dragon age keep where you log into your ea account 
and you can as long as all of your accounts are in the same account basically like as long as your all your dragon age games are logged into that account let's say i um, i've played through dragon age origins twice and one time my character was male and survived the last battle and then the other ones i'm female and i died okay i can then for the second game there are specific references like, did you know the hero for Elden or whatever, the, or whatever? And they could be like, oh, and you could have a range of responses from like, yeah, she died or like, yeah, he was my best. He is my best friend and he's in the South right now. And you can go onto this website and choose which one you want to carry over into your next game. Um, so you can like pick That's two stuff. Cool. It's really, cool. really cool. Like, you can have such drastic differences. Like, for example, in Dragon Age 1, you can choose to sleep with someone in a very specific spot. And if you decide to do so, in the third game, you will have that character return and they'll be like, hey, here's your kid. Here, or here's the first here's the first game's player kid. What? And then, like, your brain is like, that's my character's kid from the first game. What the oh, fuck? No. I'm and a like, dad. Yeah, like my first character is a dad. This is wild and like shit like that, and it's it's amazing. Um, to answer the D and D one, kinda. I mean, D and D's like it's kind of funny. Every written rule of D and D is a suggestion. You're the only person that really makes decisions is the dungeon master. Dungeon master is God. You have a character sheet, literally pencil and paper, or a tablet like me. Um, and you've completed an entire campaign. Now, keep in mind, a campaign can go anywhere from, like, a month to, like, five years. It's up to the dungeon master. Um, and once you're done with that character, you can absolutely keep that character sheet. There's nothing stopping you from being like, hey, for this one-off or for this next campaign, can I use this character? And they can be yes or no. No one makes the rules except for the dungeon master. The dungeon master can make changes to the rule book. They can do whatever they want. It's their god. I heard someone once talking about how they were doing a Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah. that I was like, ooh, okay. So, yeah, there, there's also there's things called like Warhammer and uh, stuff like that where the genre is called a TTRPG, tabletop RPG. And that is what D&D falls into. D&D is kind of like the OG daddy of it. But there's like, there are pre-made modules that are Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek. You can have, there are made up ones that are sci-fi and all that kind of stuff. That'd be really cool. I, Jordan, would you like to do a D&D episode sometime? I would want to play it first before I did an episode, but sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, I can have my buddy on. He's my DM. He's great. Okay, I mean, yeah, all right, whatever. Can you do, uh, can you do D and D online? Like, like I know it's supposed to be tabletop and it's supposed to be in person, but like that seems there, like it would transfer over to online. Caleb's not nodding his head. Yes, Caleb. Yeah, there's a there's a program called Roll Twenty. Um, yeah, you can use a program that uh, it's harder to do, but uh, you can absolutely play online basically play like with the video chat and uh and you know it happens all the time that seems kind of cool i might i might do that um going back to uh to dragon age though like um 
what I was saying about the story, we kind of got this off a few times. With the mages, there are the Templars. The Templars control, or like basically are there to keep the mages in check. As soon as one is suspected of being a demon, dead. You, they, are, they are the magic police. And sometimes they can be seen as too brutal. And literally, one of the conflicts that you as a, as a player have to choose, and it's a conflict throughout all three games, is do you agree that magic should be kept under control and they should be in these towers? Or do you believe that the mages deserve their freedom? And it's a, there are really good points on both sides. It and sounds very reminiscent of like what we're going through right now as a country about like police brutality or like you know a thin blue line or like whatever side that you fall on on that argument. It's very political without being in our world. Um, it really is. And, but the end of the second game results in a war between the two factions. The mages break free and the Templars go kind of crazy. And the third game is about the third game's beginning is about trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong based on your decisions. Um, and then the third game devolves, uh, evolves into something else. But uh, I could do an entire second episode. This has mainly been an episode about Dragon Age Origins. I could do an entire second episode about Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, we won't for a while, at least. Maybe not until, like, the new game comes out. Uh, Caleb, are you going to play the next game? Uh, Dragon Age 4? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, why would I not? <laughs> Did you hear that at first, when it was being made, they were going to make it a, uh, a games as a service game? Yeah, I remember that. And then they saw the, the success that Jedi Fallen Order had, and they were like, and then on top of that, the backlash that they had from everybody being pissed off that they oh, yeah. were going to make it that. And we so they're like, online. well, Jedi Fallen Order did well, and we realized that single-player games are still revel- relevant, so uh, we'll, we'll take that back, and we're sorry. <laughs> I think they also had like a new lead game designer, and he was like, yeah, we're not doing any of that. We're not doing any of that crap the last guy said we're going to do. And, and then you look at Anthem as well. It was the same deal where they were like, hey, let's make it games as a service, which was also made by Bioware, and it was total garbage. So, I mean, Ugh. you just learn your lesson from that. So Yeah, the- well, Anthem was just – I played Anthem a little bit, and I was playing it, and I was like, why wouldn't I just go play Destiny 2? I was like, this is the exact same game as Destiny 2. Exactly. Like the gameplay more than Destiny um, I, I can see that. I could totally... That's a valid argument. Um, I think I would disagree, especially when it came to, like, doing six-player raids in Destiny. Oh, those are so fun. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, Destiny has a lot more to it, and Destiny is, by default, a better game. I'm just saying I like the gameplay of Anthem a little more. Um, hmm. Like I like yeah. the third person flying around stuff. Yeah, that's that was kind of fun. That was kind of cool. But no, EA sucks. I hate EA. EA took over my favorite gaming company, uh, Bioware, and they're they're doing the same thing they do with every goddamn developer, which is make this game that you have no good experience. Hey, you're like they literally looked at Bioware and they were like, hey, you're really good at making single player RPGs. 
why don't we use your talents and have you make a uh, a multiplayer games as a service? And then Bioware's like, we don't know how to do that. And they're like, do it. And that's how EA does their. And then when the games and when the public when the developers fail and they make a shitty game, then EA can't, uh, destroys that company. And that's how EA does it. Yeah, I I definitely hear that, but you also have to remember EA makes Battlefield, and you just need to you're treading on you're treading on some deep water, thin water, deep water. You're treading in deep so, water right now. Like here's the thing, Battlefield was great, and Star Wars Battlefront also mm-hmm. great. Not every game that EA puts out is bad. I think that some EA games are really fun. I'm not saying that they make bad products. I'm saying that they're a bad company who makes bad company decisions. They they have a tendency to make that one. Not they have great a tendency decision. to be the greediest publisher. They I mean look they, at look at Dead Space. I mean, Visceral Games was a great gaming company. I I like Dead Space one and th- through three. I loved every single game, but because Dead Space three did not perform as well as the other two, they killed that company. And you know it, it's just sad because now. Like, they left it such a cliffhanger for Dead Space 3, and we will never get a Dead Space 4. We'll never get it. And that makes me so upset. Dude, Dead Space was awesome. I really enjoyed Dead Space. We should do an episode on that at some point, Justin. Yeah, I agree. And EA also does stuff like like FIFA. Oh, gosh. I don't care if you like FIFA. FIFA's fun. But the microtransaction system in that game is one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. Sports video games? I'm not the biggest fan of sports video games. I like NBA, but I'm not the biggest fan of sports Well, video I mean, games. like, FIFA was like Battlefront's loot box system cranked up even more, and it's still happening. But it's just become such a norm for that game that there it's not it, lately it's becoming to a lot of people's attention that like oh yeah this is just straight up gambling and this is really wrong uh, there's some countries in europe that made loot boxes illegal yeah some of them are like, making like different amendments where like they're illegal or they have to show the chances of what of your success rate like there's obviously like the different rarities there's usually gray green blue purple gold and those are the tiers but they have a lot of com- countries are at the very least requiring ga- gaming companies to show like if you select this package or like this box loot box, this is your chance of getting a green. This is your chance of getting a blue. And it's like percentage based. I think uh, I think the United States actually recently do- did that because there was an update for two games that I play. Justin, you know both of them on my phone: Marvel Strike Force and uh, that Star Wars game, whatever that one's called. Um, and there was an update where they had to, both of those had to start showing like what the percentages were for the. They boxes. haven't done it in the U.S., but a lot of games, especially smaller ones, just find it easier to change their server in, okay. in general yeah. to just kind of match the norm. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I went on a really big tangent. I hate EA, and uh, I really want every one of their companies to fly free like Bungie did. But, yeah, you, uh, went a, you went on a tangent there for a little while. Oh, for let's, sure. Let's get back on topic here. Give, I mean, I, I just want to listen to you guys talk about it for a little bit because you're the experts, and I just kind of want to learn. So, Justin or Caleb, I want you to kind of take over from here. So, what, why didn't why didn't you like two, Caleb? So, when I played the demo when it came out on 360, I was. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll try. I like Dragon Age Origins, so I'll, of course I'm going to play Dragon Age 2. 
played the demo and you know the combat was a lot different and just from the basic uh choices that they gave you uh first of all hawk is now voiced uh, unlike origins where your character is not voiced and i actually it depends depending on the game genre i do prefer when it comes to like games based on D&D, my character to not be voiced. And the reason being is because they give you more choices to pick from and it gives you different uh, you know, character choices of what happens in the story. And when you voice your character, you know, there's only so many lines you can you have time to put into the game and give your character give the character uh, so many options to say things. And you look at the difference between Fallout 3 and Fallout 4, it's the same thing non-voice protagonist way more choices you can be evil completely evil or you can be good or you can be neutral fallout 4 you have to be good like there's no there's no evil choice so i mean it's it's kind of the same deal with that um but yeah dragon age 2 that was another thing that i didn't like about it and then later on i did pick it up again and see if i could get into it and then they kind of got lazy with like level design like some of the dungeons were kind of the same as other ones and i was like oh come on like you couldn't even take the time to make this dungeon different than the other dungeon before that like and that kind of just turned me off from the game and you know the story at first the very beginning the story was pretty interesting but then i kind of just got kind of bored i get that no like it so two was definitely the roughest one I still enjoyed it to a point. I only enjoyed it for the story. I did not enjoy the gameplay as much. The gameplay was actually the same as Origins, but it was a little bit jankier. Like, they tried to make it faster paced, but it ended up making it very janky. Um, And the voiced thing, I agree completely. Um, There's only one way I think you can do a voice protagonist in a game where you create your own character correctly. And that's basically what Inquisition did times two. So Inquisition, you still had a voiced character, but you can choose between two different types of voices, a very deep masculine voice or a little bit higher pitch, more of a neutral voice, average Joe kind of British voice. And depending on your character, different ones might be better. And they had those voice actors record each and every single line that you can say. Uh, and uh, I, what I think has to happen is you would have to make twice as much work for that kind of voice acting. Like, you have to get two more. I would want at least four different voices to choose from. And I would want more options. Because in Dragon Age Origins, you can have, like, seven different options where it just lays out the full sentence of what you're going to say. Whereas uh, in 2, in Inquisition, they can't pay uh, that many voice actors to say that many lines uh and so what i hate about and i don't even like this about mass effect is that like sometimes the option to say something is not what you're actually going to say like what you think you're about to say is not what you actually say i think the worst offender in any game is fallout 4 for this like if for example fallout 4 usually the options are yes no and sarcastic sometimes the sarcastic can be like fuck you asshole and it's like whoa i did not mean to be a dick i just wanted to be a little sassy uh stuff like that what i do think dragon age did really well about this 
is that every option had a symbol. And that symbol uh, suggested the tone of which you were going to talk. So, for example, in the very beginning of Dragon Age Inquisition, there is a giant explosion um, caused by magic where a bunch of people died. It's some very important people died. And you are accused of this explosion at the very beginning. And you have an option to say something along the lines of like, uh, like all those people, um, or like, I can't, they're like the, 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 the display options are like, I can't believe it. Uh, you think I did it. And let's just say like, release me or something like that. Uh, I'm just, those aren't probably exactly what they are, but they're examples. And what it'll show is stuff like, uh, if I hover over all those people, it'll show me a symbol of an eye with a tear coming out signaling to me that this I'm about to say very sad and he went the full act the full sentence would be something like I can't believe it all those people dead and like stuff like that whereas the other ones could be like a dude crossing his arms being very stern and then the other one's like a shaking fist mean like you're gonna say it really angry I like that a little bit more if you're if you have to do it with a voiced actor I get it but Dragon Age at least, especially the further they got with it, made changes to make it more acceptable and to understand what you were getting out of the things you were selecting to say. Yeah, and uh, there was another thing in Dragon Age. See, people are like, well, if you don't like Dragon Age 2, why do you like Dragon Age Inquisition? And that's one reason why I feel like the voice acting was not only done better, uh, but they were they gave you a little bit more options on what you could do and what you could say, um, and on top of that, the they gave you more options what you could be. Yeah, and what you could be, you could be like this religious type person where like yeah I because later in the game you get you're called the herald of Andraste, which is basically like oh you're the chosen of Jesus, the chosen basically. of Jesus basically you know like you're the chosen like, I believe the it. second coming of Jesus Christ you know. And uh, you can you can totally play off that be like yeah I totally am the second coming of Jesus Christ or you can be like uh like what most people would probably be like uh no I am not the second coming of Jesus I'm just trying to do my job you know and so uh you know you can go with whichever route you want and with, with another thing with Dragon Age Inquisition you you do have like a set path already for you. Where, like, you know, you you are trying to save the world and you are chosen to save the world. Unlike Fallout 4, where you're kind of just thrown out there and they're like, hey, you can make whatever decision you want. But in reality, they already chose for you. Like, oh, you, you're not going to be, you're going to choose what faction you want to be with and that's basically it. And there's no repercussions, really. I mean, there's you're not evil in any of them. Uh, with Dragon Age Inquisition, yeah, you're not evil at all. But you're you're already chosen not to be evil. Unlike Fallout Four, where they give you the misconception that you can be evil, and then in Fallout Three, you can literally be evil. I mean, you can join the Enclave and you can kill everybody if you really wanted to, or you can nuke a, uh, nuke an entire city. Um, and so I know I make a lot of comparisons between those two games, but when you talk about like path building and choices. Do not give me the misconception that I have the choice to do whatever I want when in reality I don't. And the Dragon Age of Inquisition is not a choice. Exactly. And Dragon Age Inquisition does not give you that misconception. And that's why I like it a lot more uh, than 
a lot of other RPGs that have voice uh, characters in it. Um, another thing is the the combat is just ten times better than Dragon Age Two. I mean, the combat is so like it's fast paced, uh, more so than Origins, but it's fluid, and at the same time, like the hotkeys are a lot better. Um, and also in Origins, like I only liked really playing warriors and rogues. In Inquisition, I I completely did a flip flop. I liked playing mages and rangers, like archers. I liked playing those characters a lot more. They got way more exciting. They got yeah, they got a lot more exciting. They have like cooler animations, and their their powers are a lot cooler. A lot more area of effect spells, and and even uh, the rangers had area of effect spells that were pretty cool, you know. And and so that's why like. Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age Two was trying to be like that, but they they kind of failed in that aspect. Dragon Age Two was rushed, and it really shows. Um, and it, like when I also mean like you can't be what you want. You can only choose a human, and you have to be named Hawk. You have one backstory, whereas in in even Origin, the one before it. This is probably my favorite part about the beginning. And Jordan, I think you you find this interesting too. When you're selecting your character, kind of like what Caleb was saying earlier, is that not only do you choose like you know your race, you can, and then you choose your class, but then that also changes what your uh, what your background is depending on what you choose. So, for example, if I'm a dwarf. I can't be a mage. Dwarves are not mages in dra- in this Dragon Age world. And if I'm a dwarf and I choose a warrior, I can choose then from that point, do I want the background of being a dwarf nobleman or do I want to live in the slums of the dwarf neighbor of the dwarven city and have to do like thug work? And That's you play cool. an entire intro of your background. And what's my favorite part about that is depending on which one you choose, no matter which one you choose, it'll come back. But it'll always come full circle. And at some point, as you're a Grey Warden, you will go back to where you started and you will be able to meet characters that you met before. My personal favorite uh, intro is the human noble one, um, which is very white bread, but it's the one I was the most emotionally invested in. In that one, you play as a noble. This is it. What happens if you choose a human and you choose either a rogue or a warrior? Um, I usually did a warrior because it fit the background a little bit better, in my opinion. But you play uh, as a Tyrn's son. A Tyrn is basically like a duke. Like you had, they have their own city. You know, they're leaders. Um, and they're they're like the jarls in Skyrim, or uh, I don't know, like a like governors or you know stuff like that. They're like more like lords, you know, like yeah, in real lords. life, like in they're nobility. medieval times. Yeah, they're yeah. like lords. You know, they had their fiefdoms and their and stuff like that. Right, they had their land that they controlled and made the made the rules on. And uh, so your your uh, your father is the Tyrn, and your mother is the Tyrna, the Tyrnus. And uh, your father has another lord, his best friend named Rendon Arl Howe. His last name was Howe, H-O-W-E. And 
you find out that they are about to go march to where the king is so they can fight, bring their armies to fight the Darkspawn. And then, uh, so you're like, okay, well, that sounds good. I guess I'll be in charge of the castle. And then you have to go meet your brother who has a wife and a little boy and all this cool stuff. And then you go to bed. And in the morning, uh, after all of the troops have already left, but your your uh, and along with your your brother and stuff, but your father is still in the castle and your mother, um, all of a sudden, how the the your 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 father's best friends, all his men, just start killing everyone, and you find out that he was actually turned traitor and wanted to take over the land and he used this as an opportunity. You save your mother uh, at the very beginning and then you go to your brother's room and you see that your your sister-in-law and your nephew killed um, just in cold blood, no prisoners, and you fight your way through the castle. Eventually, the leader of the Grey Warden saves your butt, but you have to say goodbye to your mother and father. Um, and... Throughout the story, you basically have this vendetta against Rendon Arl Howe. And it's not till way later in the game you get to fight him. And I'll tell you, like, it's so crazy. I have such, like, a sen- sentimental time with this story. There's a family sword that you get in that intro. I carried that. It's a shitty sword if for later in the game. But I did not care. I held on to that sword until I got to fight him again, and I used that crappy sword against him because I'm like, I'm gonna kill you with my family sword. Like it was, it was like a very big moment for me. Um, very dramatic. It's very dramatic, but like that game will make you like really invested in everything and everyone, and in like, oh, it's so good. And the graphics still, it's a very artistic choice and granted it's not hyper realistic, but I still think it holds up in a very specific way. Like there's something magical about it. Kind of like how you, when you go watch and go back and watch star Wars and new hope, even though the graphics aren't great, there's like that magical quality to it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those games that like, they didn't try to be hyper realistic. And therefore, they can get away with, like, the only thing that doesn't, it didn't age well is the quality of actual textures. Other than that, like, the face shapes and everything, they're fine. The voice acting's great. Like, everything aged pretty well. But I I think we're, we've been talking for over an hour now. Yeah, so actually, I was just waiting for the prime opportunity to ask our final question. And... Uh, Caleb, I'm going to direct this one specifically to you because I already know Justin's answer, but you can choose to interpret this however you would like. Is the game worth $60? Elaborate how you're taking it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us how you take that question and what your answer is. So I take that as if I were to buy this game when it came out, is it worth $60? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the amount of playtime that I've played just on Origins alone is worth way more than $60. So absolutely, I'd pay $60 for this game back when it came out. Now today, I would probably still pay maybe $40 for it. And I'm going to lie. If it came with all the DLC and everything with it, like I would absolutely pay $40 with it. If they, if they were like today, today they did the same thing they did with Mass Effect. They were like, Hey, we're going to remaster 
uh, Dragon Age Origins and remaster Dragon Age 2. I would simply just buy it just for Dragon Age Origins. Like, not even gonna lie. Now, my question is, how much would you pay? What's the top dollar you'd pay if they had a remaster of all three games? Next, like, uh, um, but in the same realm of Mass Effect, where they didn't, like, change the gaming engine or anything. Everything just looks cleaner. Uh, if they did the same thing with, like, Origins as they did with Mass Effect 1, uh, then, like, where they change some of the gameplay aspects a little bit, just to make it a little bit smoother. I don't want them to change everything about it. Like, I want the game, like, the core combat to stay the same. But, like, if they were to, like, update the textures like they do with Mass Effect 1, I would say with Mass Effect 1, uh, not Mass Effect, but with Dragon Age 1, and then Inquisition, they wouldn't really have to change much with Inquisition. So with with Origins and Inquisition alone, yeah, I'd pay probably $60 just for those two games. <laughs> I always interpret it as, like, if if I hadn't played it before, like in an alternate universe where I am sitting where I am today, but I've never played it before, if I can meet myself in that universe, I would tell them absolutely, pay $60 for the first game. Um, I would say I would pay $10 for the second game. And I would pay $40, 40 to 60 for Inquisition. Um, as a package, like if it was the complete edition of like every, you get all three games, everything has been cleaned up. Mass Effect 2 was actually freaking finished and felt like it. Um, and, uh, I, or not Mass Effect 2, sorry. Dragon Age 2 was actually fi- fixed and looked like it. Uh, I would probably pay a hundred bucks for like a complete package of all three games, a remastered version. That's if it, if it came with every single DLC for every single game. All right. Well, I think that basically answers that question. We're ready to wrap up this episode. Caleb, you get the opportunity to go first. Tell the people where they can find you, uh, what you've been doing, all that jazz. So uh, kind of like similar to how I said in the beginning, uh, I changed my mind on the whole YouTube thing. <laughs> so I'm actually going to do a YouTube channel. Uh, I'm going to get an intro done and everything next week. Uh, I'm going to put all my highlights on there. Uh, I'm also going to do like come kind of like uh, vlogs on there about my life. That way you guys kind of get a better idea of who I am as a person. And then uh, you can find me on Facebook Gaming, which would probably be the best area to find me. What's and, your handles, uh, you man? Can, we got we to know where to handles, find you. My handles are definite, uh, are Green Phantom 69 on Facebook, and it's the same thing on YouTube. So if you look up any of those two things, you'll find me pretty easily. And, uh, yeah, I, I might also start a TikTok. Who knows? Jordan gave me the idea. I might actually run with that. All right. All right. Um, as always, you can find us at AVP Casting on pretty much every social platform. Um, Justin, you're the one who actually handles all this. Don't let me talk about it. Hey, you said it pretty much. Uh, we're going to start shortening up these outros a little bit. <laughs> um 
But all of our social media is going to be found at AVP Casting. Um, find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, anywhere you like to listen. Uh, please make sure you're, that you are following us, liking us, letting us know what you want to listen to. Uh, but on any of our social media, tell us what you want us to talk about next. Uh, tell us what you thought about it, and tell us what was your favorite part about Dragon Age. Did you like the second one? Do you like uh, Inquisition over the first one? Tell us anything you like about Dragon Age. We'll respond to you, I promise. Um, but I don't have anything else uh, other than I already said I was going to keep streaming. I haven't been. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been busy. Uh, Streaming's I, hard, man. I tried hard, it for man. I tried it for two and a half years consistently and didn't really get anywhere. It's it's tough. I wanna I wanna start streaming a lot more. Uh, I'm gonna start try to stream more Sea of Thieves. Uh, hopefully with Jordan. Um, and you can find that under our tag of another video game podcast. Um, and I also want to start streaming, uh, more story games. Like I wanted to start streaming the Mass Effect series, but then I realized I actually just wanted to enjoy it for myself (laughs) and I didn't want to worry about anything, but who knows? Let us know what games you want to see us play. Let us know what games you want to hear us talk about and give us questions. Ask us our opinions. That's what the whole show's about. Hey, peace and love, people. Thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. We love you.